Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Disciples' Quest. I'm Justin. And I'm Will. And I'm Emily. And we are glad that you guys are taking this day to listen to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to be covering part two of Ephesians chapter four. Uh, We'll be going from verse 17 all the way down to verse 24. Yeah. So before we get this thing rolling, uh, hey, William, how was your week? My week was excellent. Handed in my letter of resignation. Not that I'm happy to leave my job, but I'm happy to start a new one very soon. And um, I don't know. It's just been going. It's been going good. I don't know what else to say. It's been pretty quiet. I mean, it's been busy, but I like my weeks very busy. So, um, still working those two jobs. That's coming to an end soon. Uh, got some really big changes in my life coming down the pipeline, and uh, lots of planning going into that. But it's all very enjoyable. So. What else can I say? What about you, man? Before I tell you, can you tell me the exact address of your new job on the air and also tell us the name of all your managers? No, I'll make sure that you won't get doxxed is what I'm doing. He's going to be working from home, though, so his address is just Right, so address. I'm going to oh. tell you not only the address of the company, not only my employees' names, but all my employees' addresses and the names of the children. And, uh, <laughs> and the elementary schools they go to. And all the schools they go to, okay, and the name of the doctors, and the name of the lawyers, and the name of everything. Thanks. Emily, how was your week? Oh, wait, you asked me, and I ignored it. You did. My week was pretty good. It was a very, very busy week. Um, it's kind of the time of year where I'm in between snowboard ski season and bike season, uh, and I'm our only technician, so a lot on my plate, but I love the busyness, so... It's been good. How about you, Emily? My week's been all right. I've been working on contacting people to start raising support for working at a Christian organization that I'll be working at. Awesome. So just prepping for that. Um, yeah, things otherwise are pretty chill. So Sweet. Yeah. Glad to hear. Okay, uh, so before we start Ephesians uh, for today, we actually got in a question from one of our Patreon members. So if you guys want to be a Patreon member, just to send us a question, you can always do that. If you do the $6 donation, then you get to send us a question. This was sent uh, to us from our patron, Darlene. She asks, With our current situation, it feels like many are divided, including people in the church. In what ways do you think they might unify in spirit when they completely disagree on political issues? Well, first of all, before we can really answer that question, um, I mean, I think she uh, said it very vaguely, intentionally, in order to make us cover a lot. But we would have to get more specific. So it depends on what kind of political issues, because there is a point where I think you can be in a certain place in your life politically and not be a Christian. So even if you say that you are. So I do think there's a certain there are certain political issues that you could be firmly believed in, and because you believe in those political issues, you cannot be a Christian. But um, there are other, and I think most political issues, for the most part, don't really matter in the. It's not like there. It's not. It's not going to hurt the gospels, and it's not going to make you not a Christian. And um, so, okay. So for example, if she's talking about COVID covid policy then um like for example masking and people don't want to go to church uh because they don't want to mask i think that's silly personally i mean if you have medical reasons then sure but like should but i just mean right it depends on your heart and it depends you know and that there's circumstances that are between you and god so is the reason you don't want to go to church is just because you believe politically you shouldn't have to wear a mask and so you, you you break up from that church and you go to a different church just so you don't have to wear a mask or something like that and those problems you probably wouldn't find too often here in Winnipeg because I'm pretty sure uh, the mask mandates were Canadian-wide. But in the States, for example, when you know churches had more of a decision, um, I think that's ridiculous. Like, just why would you... This COVID thing has been dividing so many people unnecessarily, I think. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have difference of opinions. That's fine. You can have a different opinion, but to break up from your church just because you disagree that you should or shouldn't wear a, have to wear a mask? Who cares? 
I would still go to my church if they told me how to wear a mask, even though we're, if we're in a country that didn't federally or provincially mandate it. I don't think that's that should really be a big deal. It's definitely not a gospel issue. Um, so now huh, I haven't really thought too much about like the vaccine thing. Like if a church said you can't come in because you're not vaccinated or something, or that's a tough one. Honestly, I don't know. What so, are your thoughts, Justin? I mean, you were saying earlier that there are certain political issues where mm-hmm. you don't know if we could unify. And I, I do agree. Uh, we won't name them, but there are definitely certain political. I mean, I'll name one abortion. I think that there are certain political issues that if you believe in them, they're less so a political issue and more a moral issue. And that's where you have to search the Bible and figure out what does the Bible say when it comes to this issue? And there are certain political issues that the Bible does address, and I do think that abortion is one of them. Um, So that one, but here's the thing, though. Even if they do a disagree, even if they think that women should have the, quote, right to choose to have an abortion, uh, does that mean that we can't unify with them in spirit? I guess that means, it depends on what that means, unify in spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the thing. Well, Amanda said it yet, but I guess he kind of said it. If we disagree on politics, that doesn't matter to me. I actually prefer it. I prefer it because it actually allows for better conversation um, because there's more to tackle. And you're, you're, you're both trying to come to a conclusion where you find middle ground. I think that's important. We have to try to find middle ground with people when we disagree with them. Otherwise, you're just going to be arguing and nothing will ever come of it. But the specific question was like, with our current situation, and I'm assuming that's talking about with Canada, because for people that are listening outside of Canada, uh, we're very polarized right now as a country, uh, just when it comes to recent protests in our country and everything. And yeah, everyone's kind of on edge right now. And a lot of people are arguing with each other and yelling at each other. And there's a lot of issues when it comes to that. So how do we unify in the spirit when we completely disagree on political issues? Hmm. Oh, so you just mean, you don't even mean that there's a disagreement in the church about how we should go about things. Yeah, actually, I would like to address that. Um, So not talking about how we should pass our policy or what we should do in the church, just general political disagreement when it comes to, I mean, I I think we can all say it. We know what we're talking about here, you know, the Freedom Convoy and whether or not we should drop uh, COVID policy or whether or not we should keep them up. Um. That's a pretty hot topic right now, and honestly, I, I I do think COVID has divided more people than ever before when it comes to politics, because it's things that you know affect our lives directly and pertain precisely to us. The only thing I can say is that there are things that are much more important than the discourse of. Okay, so discourse is important. I have nothing wrong in, in talking to a brother in Christ about COVID policy and disagreeing with him. But in the end of the day, we're still brothers and sisters in, in the spirit. We're in, we're still part of the, all the same body of Christ. And if it's not a gospel issue, and, and I haven't heard a single Christian say that it is, we've never let any other problem that isn't a gospel issue divide us in such a huge way before why are we allowing our emotions and fear get in the way of allowing us to do that now or that's a good question like why is this one and i think i know why it is just because like i said it's about emotions and fear and that's what's driving both sides such anger yes because one side is rivaled up in fear about COVID and the other side is rivaled up in anger and frustration at government overreach. So, and they both affect us directly. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer a distant political conversation about whether or not we should, um, I don't know. So I think what it ultimately comes down to, like what the question is really asking, like how do we unify? I think the way we do it is that we have to look past our disagreements as much as we might 
as much as we might have emotional attachment to some of the things that we believe politically, I think William made a good point uh, earlier when he said, like, there are certain things that are gospel issues that I think we we need to unify on. If we can't unify on the gospel with other Christians, then we don't really have anything to unify on. But there are certain mm-hmm. things that really don't matter in the end. And there's some, some of these things are like just cultural issues, which I do understand cultural issues are also important. And I think we need to make sure that, you know, we're being careful because uh, sinful worldly things are in our culture and we should mention them so we can stay away from them. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to like political things, like, oh, the carbon tax, am I going to argue with a guy and, and, uh, potentially break, uh, possible discipleship to him because I just disagree with him? I don't think so. I think even though we disagree with politics, uh, with people that are in the church or people that are close to us, we have to put that aside and we have to say, like what what would Jesus do in this scenario? Did Jesus look at people differently because of their political issues? I mean, he was friends with the tax collector. Um he was friends with people that were complete outcasts to society. And we have to make sure that we do that. But how do we unify? Emily, do you have any ideas? I think it's important that people come together as a church and don't let political things influence their views of each other because being a Christian is more of a heart issue than um, political issues are. Like they're, I feel like it's about morals. No, that's brilliant, actually, I, to say that it's a heart issue. And there's overlap sometimes, right? Because your political belief can obviously, like if your heart's not in the right place, you can have a political belief that's disruptive so much are so corrupt and sinful that you might not be a Christian, but I completely agree with you that you could hold a controversial political belief or political belief that isn't necessarily Christian, but your heart's in the right place. And so you're still a Christian. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. That it's definitely a heart thing. And it really ties, that question really ties into Ephesians four. Well, because Paul was saying how Christ ties us together despite our differences Despite where we come from, our culture, our creed, our practice, the spirit, Jesus is the head of the body, like we were listen- like we were reading last time, and we are all parts of that body. We are all different parts, and where we all have differences, yet we are unified in Christ because... Well, I, I think we just need to recognize that, like you said, that we're all part of the same body of Christ, and we need to have a real moment of sincerity with ourselves and be able to sincerely look past our emotions and fears and frustrations because these are all problems that really are just personal issues. Like, What I mean to say is that I think people just need to recognize that we're all part of the same body of Christ and like you were saying earlier and uh, have a real moment of sincerity with themselves and realize that have a real moment of sincerity with themselves and look past the emotions and the biases and and just realize that they're whenever when you're able to to avoid yourself from, from all that and just have a moment of sincerity for yourself as a Christian, then I think you'll be able to see much more clearly that that part doesn't matter to you as much as you think it does, and it certainly doesn't matter to God as much as you think it does, if you think that it does at all. And if you don't, then it's just you, and it's all just your personal issue. And yeah, I don't I see agree. how that's super I, I important. Think, so you just have to be able to recognize that. That's what I think people need to do. Yeah, I think when we're when we are just solely focused on gaining the knowledge from the Bible, and and we're just trying to walk the same path that Christ walked, these little political things won't mean anything at the end of the day. And what's most important is showing people the love of Christ and both if you're on the left or right, if you're authoritarian or libertarian, uh, that goes beyond all politics that like Emily said, that goes to the heart. I think that I agree. That's a really good point. And I like how you worded that too, because you said little political things and you're not saying that this political thing is little, but it is dwarfed by 
the gospel. What really matters when it comes Saving to the gospel and God and the body of Christ. It is dwarfed by all of that. So yeah. in context of that, it is a little political issue. So yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And I think it's important to keep in mind, even like have it as like a memory verse, Ephesians 4 verse 2, that we talked about before in our last episode, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Right. So that's what we should be doing. We mm-hmm. shouldn't be bearing with people in hate. We should be patient and come to them in a way that shows Christ within us. Awesome. I hope that answered the question. Thank you, Darlene, for giving yes. us that great question. That was yeah. um, interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anybody that wants to have questions answered on the podcast, just reach out to us on our social media and we'll be sure to get back to you. Exactly. Okay. So I'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. All right, check out our website because we work really hard on our website. Our website that we work really hard on. We work very, 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 very hard on. Check out our website, website. Check out the website and the blog and the website. We need money. Form. We need support. For the we need form. you to love us. And the only way you can love us is by filling our pockets. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can tons give of more cash than that. The, we're definitely uh You could give us like $100 forward. if you actually wanted to. Just give us 100 bucks a month. We would appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> Hey y'all, editing Justin here. I forgot to tell you where I'm starting my reading from, so we will be doing Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, let rather him let but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, and be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Dropping the truth bombs. Mm-hmm. The good kind of bombs. <laughs> <laughs> like a bath bomb. Yeah. That makes it sound so much more minuscule. And <laughs> anyway. Not important. <laughs> Those truth bombs are like bath bombs. Wow. They disintegrate in water. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Okay. And they make it smell yummy. Um, okay. So. <laughs> well, there's a lot to unwrap here. There's a lot. And I, uh, Because there was so much, I wrote down quite a bit earlier. Unfortunately, even though Google Drive said that it saved my notes, it didn't somehow. Um, I think Google knows that I'm trying to delete it off my computer. Or I'm working towards uh, de-Googling my stuff. And it just is angry at me. And so that makes sense. I don't think Google actually has a brain, so that doesn't make sense, Will. But okay, I beg to differ. It is very much alive. It's not you, Will. Also, something else that didn't go well today. You don't save Google. (laughs) Something else that didn't go well today was that our sound system kind of got all fuzzy and weird. So we're recording on clean feed again, just to let the viewers know. Yeah, and basically what's happening is Justin is in my room right now on my computer, and I'm in the living room on my laptop. 
So if I yell really loud, I might be able to get picked up by Justin's uh, microphone, and it might sound a bit yeah. weird. Dude, you've been getting picked and up by my even, microphone this entire time. <laughs> even I could That's try yelling great. really loud because I'm two doors over in the apartment building, so I could just be like, "Hey guys!" I don't know, on man. Your, on your you have too. to yell very loud for that. I I could I could try to you get out of your. Uh, you have I can set the, the fire hallway. alarm off, and that would be picked up on all of the things. Please you have to don't do like do a that. barbaric <laughs> yell, like one where like when the uh, and Romans were fighting the whatever what you want call them, uh, Athenians, and they just charge at each other and they just go. <gasps> you have to do one of those yells to for Emily to hear. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So, so let's get into this. So first off. Um, Verse 17, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. So futility means ineffectiveness or uselessness, which is uh, quite a jab. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, but it's, uh, okay, so in order to, I guess, explain my thoughts, I'm going to have to read the rest of it. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Um, so, this, of course, as most aspects of the Bible, and the fact that they're just talking about human nature here, people, can be applied to today. So, I, because sometimes I think people don't... Um, Either they're born into a family that teaches them the wrong things, or maybe they just stray la- stray away later. But I think people are affected by their emotions when it comes to their ideas and beliefs more than they think they are, and they just pass it off as logic as reason. Or they have they make these ideas or opinions kind of lazily or out of peer pressure or um or just out of desire for wanting to do something that isn't necessarily good. And so, and they think, eh, it's not that big of a deal, whatever. And so then they make these beliefs and ideas that form out of their behaviors. And then that leaves way in the future for more ideas and uh, beliefs and opinions stacking up on top of that, with, with that being the foundation. And eventually it creates this structure of, ideology that they invested too much time into and so their hearts harden i guess and Mm -hmm. at that point they're already too invested to really see the truth they don't want to see the truth or they are unable to because they're too far gone so their their thinking is useless they're darkened in the understanding and separated from the life of god because the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts uh they have lost all sensitivity um, they have lost their ability to, they don't, and one of the things that might be preventing them from coming to their senses and actually using reason, um, or listening to the part of their heart that's telling them the truth could be that it hurts and in some way deep down they know, but they're wrong. Um, but like I said, they're too far gone in their ways. It would hurt too much to change their entire life because the more you, you stray down a single path, the more your environment begins to adjust and accommodate that path. And so um, if you try to change that, you're going to change a bunch of other things too. And, it, and it's going to be very uncomfortable if you're accustomed to it because you, your friends will probably have to change. You, have to, you know, won't have the same friends um, anymore. And uh, your entire social environment will probably change and all that stuff. And it's just becomes very painful. Anyway, so they haven't lost all sensitivity because they've desensitized as well uh, to the truth and to to reason. They have given themselves over to sensuality, and so it's more comfortable than just to enjoy the moment. Yes. So as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. So they've desensitized to the truth, to God, and they... Basically replace to numb God the pain with themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. to fill the gaps because, you know, something's not there. We're not thinking. They blocked out reason and uh, and they blocked out God. And it hurts too much to think about it or try to go back. So they mm-hmm. just fill the space with uh, lustful desires and satisfying the flesh. 
Yeah, and the way that it says um, being alienated from God shows how there's a lack of unity. Oh, and you can also, sorry, I forgot to add one more thing. You can also tell that when you talk to these people, their faulty logic and reason reflects what they, the way that they want to be, there's the sinful way that they want to behave. So when you talk to these people that are living a life filled with sin, even though it's completely emptiness, their ideology almost as uh, logically inconsistent as it is, it almost always reflects um, that it's somehow, or their behavior, it's almost always says that their behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they've come to that conclusion because they didn't create their logic or they didn't create their ideology and moral system and then fall through with it. They created it after their behavior was the foundation, their desires and simple behavior was the foundation and they created the morality after that. Well, yeah, it's because the people are getting their morals not from a higher creator now. They're getting their own, they're getting their morals from what they believe to be right. Us flawed humans trying to say that I know what's best for me. I'm going to follow what I want. And that's exactly why it says the greediness part. It's like, well, how do you know what's best for you? Like, I said it before, if I followed my own ways to what I thought was correct, I'd be in a, I'd be very, very, I'd just not be a good guy. I'd be far worse off. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's what these people were doing. So it created them to be blind because they thought that they had all the answers and they that all morality could be found within yourself as opposed to looking to something above yourself. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's just what I was going to say was that... Uh, sorry, I shouldn't. That sounds arrogant. I don't mean it's brilliant because I was going to say it. I mean that... <laughs> uh, Christianity, we're saying that our morality comes from on high. It gets imposed onto us from something that's above us. And then we orient our behaviors around that. What they do is because they don't have that thing being imposed onto them, they make it themselves. And that leaves them open to allowing their emotions and desires and what they want in their life to manipulate. Because it's not about what God wants, right? This is because for us, it's about what God wants. It's about what they want. And so they orient their ideology around their behaviors, not the other way around. Mm. Yeah, and this list shows all the opposites of what we're supposed to be doing. So we're supposed to be walking in light and have light in our understanding that comes from God. We're supposed to be with God, not alienated from him. We're not supposed to be ignorant. I can't say that word. Ignorant. <laughs> ignorant I can't say it. Ignorant. Yeah. Um, and Ignorant. We're to have soft hearts, right, that are open to the gospel. They're open to loving each other and not letting things like politics and stuff um, take away from who we are as believers and our unity together. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to um, have a sense of when we should feel shame for our wrongs, like not just keep on doing things because they feel good. We're mm-hmm. supposed to, like... Um, be pure and know like w- when to stop craving things that are bad for us and try to turn to God to actually stop those cravings yeah. within us. And I think if we don't, we turn into this old man that it says in 22, uh, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So I can just like tell me what you guys think what that's trying to say. I think what that's saying is like these Gentiles that never seeked God and just lived for themselves would grow old and their minds were just corrupt and all that they cared about was their own deceitful lusts at the end of the day. Like, and I can think of a few people I've met in my life that kind of fit that category where I'm like, I, I, I am, it's easy for me cause I'm outside of them and I, and I can see who they are and sometimes maybe they get so stuck in it. They don't realize who it is they've become, mm-hmm. but I'm like, man, you're corrupt. I guess. I mean, I don't want to use the same yeah. words, but. Well, it's like being a new creation in Christ. So when I read it, in my translation that I have, it says your old self. So it's like the person that you used to be before you had Christ as well. But mm. I like that old man idea too. Well, uh, what version Bible are you using, Justin? Uh, new King James. Okay, so that's more closer to a word-by-word translation, uh, word-to-word translation. So that's more like direct. It says old man. I'm using the NIV, which is a more hopefully a thought-to-thought translation which is in other words they read this they read the text and they thought that what their the idea they're trying to get across was old self and not old man and so they put that instead 
and hopefully they're right in that. Your, the, your version is just that they're, it's more closer to translating the language directly, which means that sometimes ideas are lost because, you know, language, if you ever translate, translate a language uh, word by word using something like Google Translate, you realize that it doesn't always work like that because words are structured differently for different languages. I don't know if you can compare it to that. <laughs> it's still a good translation, I, though. Because the people, people that translate are people that are bilingual, so they'll know what the what a, a good mm -hmm. word for substituting the idea. that same word is. That's I know, why it's but good to look at different translations too to compare things and try to have a more. I'm not, I wasn't at all view. trying to say that the King James version was inaccurate. I got well, I'm not you. saying you were saying that, but you were saying that the thought would it's make more robotic. sense as opposed to the the word for word. It's like a robot. I said it's closer to that. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to be put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I'll let you guys uh, speak first to that. Yeah. So that part kind of reminds me of how in Second Timothy verse 1 and 7, it says, um, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline because of how it talks about not being corrupt by deceitful desires that are in your mind. Um, so he renews our minds. He renews our spirits and help us to live with the good things that come from the Holy Spirit within us. Um, so in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So the section um, that was just read for um, where it talks about being corrupt by deceitful desires, putting on um, the new self and having a spirit renewed in your mind. It really reminded me of that verse um, because God renews our minds and gives us his spirit. Um, so it's no longer about the flesh or our own desires, but it's about desires that come from God, right? So he gives us a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. So we don't have to walk like the Gentiles do. We can walk the way that God wants us to. Mm -hmm. That's good. I agree. Um, I think that basically what it's saying here to put off your old self in my translation um, is that you can, well, everything I was saying earlier, you can burn down your old ideology and behaviors and your old self. And no matter how far gone you are, even if it means a drastic change in your life, and you can still uh, be made anew. Like, uh, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by your deceitful desires. Your desires are what's corrupting you and what's causing you to have these ideologies and behaviors, and you can change all of that and have a new attitude um, with God's help. But it has to be with God's help. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. So For sure. So moving on, in twenty, uh, starting from verse 25, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't There's really a lot have, in there. I didn't read that last part very well last time <laughs> when I was making my notes. But, uh, okay, we'll get to that in a second. So first off, in verse 25, it says you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Um, speak it's vitally important. Or at least don't yeah, lie. Ba yeah, basically, yeah. So in Jordan Peterson's book, he touches on that quite a bit and goes into great depth about every possible way that's that's going to hurt you and the people around you. And mm -hmm. the way he explains it makes it very, very clear and obvious. What is the book called? So, uh 12 rules for life. 12 rules for life. It's vitally important that we tell the truth, not just to our neighbors, but to ourselves too. That part was covered uh, pretty deeply in his book. I mean, obviously it doesn't say that right here in the Bible. It does address that in other parts of the Bible. Um, and I would argue even earlier when I was talking about the corruption of your minds that that plays a role. So, Put off falsehood and speak truthfully at all times to yourself, to your neighbors, 
and here it's addressing because for we are all members of one body. So it's addressing speak truthfully to your neighbors because well, it's talking about the body of Christ specifically. So obviously he wants to speak truthfully to everyone, but in context to the body of Christ, it's vitally important to the functionality and effectiveness of the body of Christ that we aren't lying to each other. I mean, that's pretty obvious, I think, but mm-hmm. I guess it's worth still saying. Mm-hmm. So did you have anything you want to say about this verse uh, or no? Should I just move on? Well, you didn't ask me, but okay. Hey, Emily, do you have anything you want to say about 25? No. <laughs> okay. All right, 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So this is interesting because there's studies showing that your brain makes new neurological connections as you sleep. So if you're trying to practice something or trying to figure out a math problem or whatever there there's a saying you know sleep on it that's not just someone telling you to take a break and think about it the next day i mean it is essentially what they're saying but it actually does work you do figure out the problem better the next day and that's not because you've taken a break it's because over the night your brain will create those new neurological connections because it's realizing oh this is something that we have to do this is something that he's trying to figure out and so we need to make new, neuro- new neurological connections to adapt and to adjust. So I, I kind of wonder, I wonder if you're, if you go to bed angry or if you go to bed with a bad or wrong attitude in some way, then will your brain make new neurological connections and orient in a way that's unhealthy because you're feeding the wrong part of your soul? I think that's possible. Um, when I read this verse, I've heard this verse a million times in my house growing up. Um, but before I get into that, I need to ask, the very first part of this says, be angry and, and do not sin. So that's saying that anger itself is not sinful. It, says to, it tells us to be angry and do not sin. So that's interesting. Yeah, like anger can lead to hate and all that. So I guess. Because there is a righteous anger. Yeah, you can be angry, but don't let it like cause you to sin. Like don't let hate make you hate people. Don't let it make you be like, oh, I want to kill this person. Like, you know. Yeah, I'd say that's probably a bad thing. Emotion is not inherently sinful. So Mm -hmm. the reason I say I heard a lot is. Uh, I get in a lot of arguments with my parents growing up, as a lot of young men and women do. And I would uh, steam out of the room and slam the door and be angry. And then I just wouldn't want to talk for any anyone the rest of the day. And my parents would come into my room and say, Justin, we are not let the sun go down on our anger, so we need to talk this out. Uh, so when I was younger... Uh, I really liked that. <laughs> every time my parents said it, well, not every time. At first, I didn't really understand it. But then I was like, it totally helps uh, emotionally and spiritually because I think what it kind of connects to what William was saying. I'd be frustrated with my dad like the next morning if I didn't do that. And I'd feel guilty the next day that we had that argument. So what we would do is I would go in my room my parents would kind of also stay out of the room and we just cool off, clear our minds, gather myself, I'd pray, and then I'd come back in the room and say, look, I'm sorry for getting upset. And I'm sorry for saying what I did. And it was, I think it was really, really healthy that we practiced that in my house. And my parents always quoted it, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I got it as a kid. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't let this problem go unresolved. I shouldn't let this emotion be built up and not resolve that problem and not relieve this anger and seek forgiveness. So I think it's really big. Uh, and I, so I, I've always loved reading this verse. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone to bed angry? Because I know that I have. And of course you tend I to just have. stare up at the ceiling, frustrated, ruminating on the problem because you have nothing else to distract yourself. We're like, wait. It yeah, and sense. I never sleep this well either. Healthy. When I, I sleep really well, hard. when yeah. I actually uh forgive and i've calmed down and i'm at peace 
when I'm angry and I go to bed, it's it's going to be a restless night. Exactly. Don't think that's like, a coincidence. And I think that happens with a lot of emotions. Like if you feel like really sad or like really anxious about something, you're not going to be able to fall asleep either. So mm-hmm. don't let your emotions control your actions, I guess. Like, well, because yeah. when I think about it, it's like, well, if it's built up anger, if I yelled at my parents and I haven't asked for forgiveness, uh, like 27, nor give place to the devil, well, I'm kind of giving place to the devil in that sense. Like I'm not, I'm not resolving the problem and I'm not, I sinned, right? Like I was angry and I was rude to my parents, which the Bible is very clear that we have to honor our father and mother and I would just go to bed and it's like, well, no wonder I don't feel good about it the next day. Like Mm -hmm. give myself a breather, cool down and resolve the problem. And I think, yeah, I think this is really important Mm -hmm. to remember in any relationship, not just uh, father and son, but the spouse, spousal as well. I think that's very important to like, if there is an issue, it should be solved now. Don't put it off. Don't put it off like, oh, we'll, we'll think about this another day. We'll talk about this another time. It's like, you know, if there's a problem, you should figure it out right away so it doesn't build up and it doesn't lead to further issues down the line. If you figure it out now, you're both on the same page. And then at least you find middle ground, hopefully, and you can move on. Instead of just saying, oh, we'll deal with that problem another day. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but no, I didn't I want to quote Jordan actually... Peterson again. But he had a uh, podcast with his, like a three-hour podcast with his wife. And people ask, like, how they could be married for 30 years and still go strong. And he said exactly that reason. Because when there's a problem, they figure it out right away together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to that podcast, too. Um, so, oh, no, I didn't actually. I heard him reference that. Well, I think that's just it. it maybe that's, maybe all that... Uh, I'm sorry. Technical scientific I, stuff. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have cut you off. But I said, honor your father and mother. That's literally in Ephesians 6. I didn't even yeah, realize. Wow. I, I just I look over and I see <laughs> that. I had already highlighted that. Yeah. I've read um, all of Ephesians now. So I have my notes ready. And that was definitely there. Like it goes wow. about the parents and then it goes into like marriage. So wait, interesting stuff. Do they have to honor us? Do they have to honor their kids? They should, but it doesn't say that. Well, oh. it says child. Also, well, like in Ephesians six, it talks about how a father should not provoke his child to wrath. Uh, um, what I was saying about twenty-seven, or no, sorry, twenty-six. I think that all that scientific stuff or whatever, like that's all a possibility. That you know, and that might be the basis of it or something like that. But I, I think we don't really need to know that and it's getting pretty technical i mean it's interesting to think about but all we we really need to know is kind of what you said i think that's just more what applies to people's everyday life is the simplicity of just saying that deal with a problem now when it says do not let the sun go down when you're still angry as in don't let a 24-hour period cycle through still angry like deal with the problem sort it out right away and don't ruminate on it for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's really all it means is cool. Don't let it continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, 27. Yeah. And do not give the devil a foothold. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say something about the devil and his footholds? Yes. Uh, Emily. Um, so when I picture a foothold, I picture like somebody having their foot like in a door. Right. So I don't think that's what it means, but I just, maybe it does. Let me look it up right now. A place where a person's a foot can to... be lodged to support them securely, especially while climbing. I don't know. Like I picture somebody's foot in a door so you can get into the door. Right. But I just thought yeah. it meant the devil was holding your foot. Oh, don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't let the devil grab your foot. Really? Well, you know, like metaphorically, I mean, like not physically. Yeah. Well, it says oh, like well, a person's foot can be lodged to support them securely. So it's like you're lodging your foot in the devil. You're I'm surprised you guys access to you. Where is it going to be? I'm surprised lodged? you guys haven't uh, heard that before. Foothold. Oh, I, I have. What? <laughs> I was just thought it meant we both have heard it. My imagery of the door thing, but apparently that was. No. Wrong. Well, yeah. Just be, don't give him a foothold, as in like don't give him leverage to be able to have his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't be angry. Yeah. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Yeah, I 
that's pretty important. Uh, I don't know. He, he all, I don't have too much to say about that. He's literally saying, hey, if you've been stealing, don't do that. Yeah. Work. And I think and, it goes into, sorry. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that work, of course, is hard work and doing something is to do something useful. Doing something that's useful and meaningful with your life mm-hmm. is helpful to yourself. First of all, it's character building and it's helpful with those around you. I like how it says useful with their own hands, as in, uh, it means that do something useful with your own hands, as in mm-hmm. they're they're trying to be super direct and literal, so you can't find a way ab- around that by just being the shareholder of a company, and you know basically drinking margaritas on a yacht every day, <laughs> right? You're you oh I'm doing something. I'm a shareholder of a company. I mm-hmm. I go to a business meeting like yeah. twice a month and uh, direct my share or. or Direct my, uh, direct the company or something like that, with mm-hmm. what I hold in shares or whatever. It's like you can't. You have to work. You have to be actually work. Nose to the grind. And if you're, yeah, and if you're a boss, it doesn't mean because bosses what they do is they or if you're a chef, right? You direct the cooks in the kitchen. You don't necessarily cook yourself. Uh, you're basically the foreman on the site, and there might be and the entire days where the sh- where go on with the chef actually doesn't doesn't actually do any cooking. He's just directing the whole team. And that's still working. You're you're still working. You're not sitting around doing nothing and saying, oh, I'm indirectly doing some kind of good deed because, I mean, obviously, I don't know if they've had uh, stocks back in those days, but that's what I imagine it means. Mm-hmm. Is he added it, that just to be very precise? I think it has to do with having integrity too. I, I think we missed one aspect of 28. Which was that it says to it's important that you work with your own hands that they may have that they may have something to share with those in need. I don't know. I don't know what I would say on that. I, I just feel like there's something to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's in need in some way, and we all need each other. It's just interesting that they specify. No, I don't need you. That they must work without That's me. Fair. Wouldn't have the heart of this podcast, guys. I'm the feeling. yes. You're, so you're the, the most important the part of the podcast. <laughs> You specific. I don't have a heart, apparently. <laughs> just, apparently, I'm I have just, no emotion yeah. like William. <laughs> but kind most of in between what we are, but yeah. I'm the perfect so it's, balance. Yes. It's interesting, <laughs> but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they must have something to share with those in need. It's just interesting that they should specify that it's almost for the purpose of having something to share with those in need. That seems odd. Is that how the, it's coming across in your guys' Bibles too? The way I'm reading this, it seems to me that it's saying to not be selfish and to give to others and to be charitable. That's how I interpret it. To give to those who are that, that are in need and not just to yourself. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the same way but that Will is. Why wouldn't it say it, that it? they may also have something to share with those in need? Why does it say doing something useful with your own hands so that you will have something to share with those in need. When, shouldn't it say also if it's for the both? Mine says you may have know. something to give. Anyways, this I don't think that matters. I think we both understand what it's saying. I think it's the same idea. Yeah, because I think we both yeah came to the same I don't conclusion. know if we both do. Uh, I don't know if I've come to the same conclusion as you, but we can move on from that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Hmm. Mm. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. What is a corrupt word? <laughs> Anything that's unwholesome. Well, in my translation, it's interesting because it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So it's it's almost like it's addressing, because it says, say what's helpful to build people up according to their needs. So it's different. What builds someone up is going to be different from person to person and different depending on circumstance. And you have to be able to trust your conscience and the spirit to guide you because something that might build someone else up might completely destroy and tear down another person. In that context, if that's accurate, if the NIV is accurate, then do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Might just be addressing... Because I have to say this is but only what is helpful to building other people up. It might just be addressing um, the things that we say that tear people down. 
that are hurtful to other people. Well, cursing at someone could also bring someone down. And sure, them. but then mm-hmm. is cursing inherently wrong based on just this verse alone? Maybe. If you're using it against someone, I don't think sure. so. Not on this. I'm sure there's other parts. I'm not saying cursing isn't wrong, and I, I bet you there's other parts of the Bible that uh, address that. I'm just saying based on this verse alone, I don't know if we can say that for sure. But if I mean, obviously, it's okay to disagree on that. Mm-hmm. But it says, don't let it come out of your mouth. So, Well, mine says, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others yeah. according to their needs. But the yeah. thing is, if you're cussing, even if you're not cussing to somebody, it's still not really helpful to the situation. If you're just saying, oh, frick this computer or whatever, right? It's not being helpful. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. That, yeah, it's not helpful to you or to anyone around you if you're cussing at your computer because it's not working. I wonder, I'd have to do more thinking about that because I wonder what other things we say aren't helpful. And, and if something, if everything that we, if there are things out there that we say that aren't helpful, that aren't curse words, then does that make them inherently wrong? Mm-hmm. I think I so. What if someone cuts me off when I'm driving so I flip them off? Mm. Yeah. Is that, or is that um, imparting grace to the person? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, but like, is there something else that you could say to them that isn't how helpful, but also not hurtful? My windows are up, so they probably couldn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I think intention is always key, though. Like, what are you intending by your words? And what you say comes from what you're thinking. So it mm-hmm. all starts with your mind, right? So renewing your mind again comes into this idea um, to stop the unwholesome talk. We need to stop thinking about yeah. it, too. Yeah, and even... uh I believe it's First John one nineteen, says, "Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry." Mm-hmm. I think that can yeah, follow I think the I'm, same line. Yeah, I think right now, um, obviously, I'm just thinking as I talking as I'm talking <laughs> about this, but uh, I'm airing more on what Emily said. Uh, it's not helpful. It also shows a lack of self control too. Um. And we're supposed to be able to exercise control over our emotions at all times. It's just a matter, it's vitally important to our discipline to be able to do that. So, that and what we say fuels our emotions. And so, if we're upset about something and all we do is swear and rant about it, it's just going to make us more upset. And so, our behavior. Our emotions will spark our behavior, but our behavior will impact our emotions and it can create a cycle. So maybe it is best just not to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know if that's uh, going off topic. I said First John one nineteen. There's no such thing as First John one nineteen. That's awkward. <laughs> Take it out. Never okay. happened. We never make mistakes when it comes to the Bible, ever. Sorry, I said First John one nineteen. I meant to say James one nineteen. What does it mean? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't really know. So that's saying like when we do the things that are listed in this chapter that are against God, we're grieving him. We're grieving his spirit. And that's just not okay. And we need to turn to him to actually change those behaviors so that we are pleasing our Heavenly Father and doing the work that he wants us to do. Neither of us understood very well or could really think of anything when it comes to verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So I looked it up, what other people might think, and I got something back that, or what I read, I, I think, from what I read, I think it means do not upset the Holy Spirit, just in a more uh more emphasis on upset. So, I mean, obviously our language only allows for us to say upset. Like, do not greatly upset the Holy Spirit, in other words. Do not grieve them. If anyone else has anything to add to that, then uh, feel free to email us using our contact form or reach out to us over social media. So, next we have get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, has forgiven you. And Emily, do you have anything to say on that? It reminds me of the Lord's Prayer because of how it's like, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. 
Um, so it's showing how we're supposed to also forgive others because if God forgave us, shouldn't we express that same kind of forgiveness to others? Like we should um, use that grace in our lives to also help others as we are called to. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't really have too much. I, I don't really have too much to say about that. Um, what about you, Justin? What are your thoughts on these last two verses? Um, I think it's. I think the last sentence is pretty awesome. Forgive one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. I think that's really important to remember because uh, very often I don't feel like forgiving people for certain things that they've done to me, and it's like I, I hold a bit of uh, malice to them, which it says not to, and I hold a bit of uh, frustration. So when I read it, it's like, man, if Christ forgave me for all of the wrong things that I've done in my life, yet I'm not willing to forgive this person for this one thing they did to me, that's pretty sad. If Christ can forgive me for all of the wrong I've done in my entire life, I think I'm able to also give that person forgiveness for the things that they've done to me. Um, so I think it's, I'm really glad that Paul said it the way he did. Okay. Uh, anything yeah. else well to conclude Ephesians 4? Uh, no, I agree. I think, I mean, reading all this, you know, don't be, get rid of your bitterness and such things as that and be kind and compassionate. Seem like really obvious things, but I guess it's pretty hard to apply to your life. So it seems like something corny sometimes i guess to hear people say things like this but it's still very relevant and people still need to hear it because this is applicable to literally everyone it's unlike theft where you know it's applicable to maybe a small group of people this is like really really hard to maintain mm -hmm. it is uh, this advice to and to and that reminder, forgive people because God forgave you. Like, how much do you really think of that when you're angry at someone? Not so, a lot. Still need to hear it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much everything. So, and I, I can look at this clock now. We're definitely out of time, which is great because we just happened to finish Ephesians 4. And next week we'll start on Ephesians 5. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, there's was, there was a lot of really, really great message in Ephesians 4 here. Uh, there are so many different places that we could go back like a couple months from now and, and e gather even more. Uh, I'm going to constantly go back to this. Uh, there's a reason I have it highlighted in my Bible. I've, I've gone to it in the past and I'll continue to do that because of uh, just how it's teaching us about um, anger and, and to be created new, uh, to stay away from greediness and yeah, it's just great stuff in here. So, Something wait. I really want to do is start from the beginning of the Bible in this podcast and just read through it. Yeah, we could probably squeeze the whole Bible into like three or four podcasts. No, for sure. I mean, they're going to be 37 hours long. Probably but. like, more, probably more like eight years. Dude, imagine we get it straight to It's like we're in the 35th hour and I'm like, I just don't know what this means. And dude, we're only in Leviticus. <laughs> what the heck? We're 35 hours in. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, it would take a long time, but I mean, hey, we would never run out of content. That is true. Very and honestly, I, I think this is helping. helping this, such an in-depth study, I think, is helping us. Um, of course. I think so, too. Obviously, this is not just us. Like, I mean, we've said this before in the earliest episodes of this podcast, where this is going to be for us as much as it is for the listeners. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I think... Starting from the beginning and going through it, I think it's something that people would enjoy too. Maybe like, that's what we could do after Ephesians. Yeah, a chronological, think about it. If you're someone and you look at this podcast and you see it's literally just chronological, it's, they're like, oh, I want to hear people talk really in depth and have conversation about Exodus. And so you just go back chronologically back to Exodus and you just listen through podcasts of the podcast on autoplay hearing all about Exodus, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would work. I think it would work as a as, as content as, as much as it would be great for us just to read through the Bible. Sure. We'll but, run it by Emily. Who's definitely here right now talking to us. 
Yes. You guys just don't hear. She's here in spirit. She's here in spirit. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we got time for today. Okay. Make sure you guys check out our social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check out our website and Emily's blog that comes out every Wednesday. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us over social media or through our email by using a contact form on the website. Um, you can subscribe to us on our Patreon. Um, 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 um. You can support us on our Patreon. We have uh, three tiers. $3 tier, $6 tier, and $9 tier. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast. And make sure to leave a review, comment, subscribe if you enjoy it. We'll have much more interesting content to come. And uh, Justin, did you want to end this podcast with a prayer? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for thank you for bringing us together. Thank you that we were able to have we're able to extrapolate so much good information from this uh, reading today. And I think this is probably going to help us throughout our week. Um, help us to apply this to our lives and help the listeners to do the same. Help us to be in the spirit throughout our week. Help Justin to have a safe ride home. And amen. Amen. Well, I guess that's about it for today. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.